You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into a new show for the Arrowhead Pride podcast channel called The Editor's Show. My name is Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, and I am joined by my deputy editor, John Dixon. John, April 28th, we had a lot of news this morning we're going to get into, but how are you this morning? I'm doing great. I'm uh, I'm subsisting on uh, pandemic quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that voice? The smooth sounds of John Dixon. I think you're the only person on the Arrowhead Pride team with a true radio voice. So we're, we're lucky to have you on the podcast channel. Before we get into everything, though, I do want to go through this because I know there are some panicky Arrowhead Pride readers out there, some panicky Chiefs fans about who are these guys? Where is Kent? What is going on? I want to get out there and say there are no changes happening to the Arrowhead Pride podcast network, just more content. So you're still going to get your Arrowhead Pride laboratory on Monday and Wednesday. We're trying to give you more daily shows. So John and I will be joining you Tuesday and Thursday. And then this Friday, we're looking forward to the conclusion of this year's AP draft show now that the draft has come and gone. So let's get into this show we're going to talk about Dustin Colquitt and the release news later on in the show. I'll welcome in our Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs, who will go through the winners and losers of the NFL draft. And then to end the show, and we'll put the time in the description, I'm going to also run Dustin Colquitt's Super Bowl press conference leading into the Super Bowl. It was actually perfect for today because he goes into what was his career, how he had been with the team since the early 2000s. Now they were approaching the Super Bowl, which they go on to win. So I think that'll tie a nice bow to our editor's show this morning. So, John, we got this news overnight. Tom, who is luckily to be six hours ahead of us in the UK, <laughs> was all over it at 2 a.m. our time. I believe that's 8 a.m. his time. He was able to put up the article on his Instagram, Dustin Colquitt announced himself that uh, he would be leaving the Chiefs. It was a little bit unclear whether or not that was a release or a retirement. Later on, it came out that he was indeed released. Uh, what was your reaction when you woke up to this news? Well, I wasn't surprised. I mean, he's been on the team for 15 years, carries a $2.5 million cap hit this season. They could save $2 million against the salary cap to release him. I'm not really quite in the group that uh, his production has fallen off in the last couple of years. Really what's happened is he hasn't punted as often. Right. And, and so if you're looking at volume statistics, yeah, it does look like his uh, production has dropped off, but I, I wouldn't buy into that. He's still a very, very good punter, but you know, at the beginning of this thing, uh, Andy Reid said, you know, we're going to have to let go of some players. We won't be able to keep everybody. 
And sadly for Dustin Colquitt, he's one of the players that the team just doesn't feel that they can keep. So it's not surprising, but it's, 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 it's surprising and upsetting also. I mean, it, it's not surprising, but it is surprising. But at the same time, it's upsetting because he's been here for so long and been such a consistent performer for the team. You thought, I think, because of the minimal salary cap hit that he might be safe. And I tend to agree with you. I don't think his production has fallen off too much. You know, I, I can understand where a rookie contract is ideal. And we saw the Chiefs go out and get a puncher a few weeks ago in Tyler Newsom, the mullet-wearing uh, punter <laughs> from Notre yeah. Dame, who couldn't make the Chargers last year, but the Chiefs were giving him a shot. But this was nothing different because the Chiefs have brought in a guy like Jack Fox before where let's provide the veteran with some competition. That's nothing new in the NFL. Right. What was different, and I noted this, and you'll hear in Winners and Losers, because I recorded it with Tom Childs yesterday, where we call Dustin Colquitt a loser in the draft because the Chiefs go and sign an undrafted free agent in Tommy Townsend. What a football name, by the way. We can praise that football <laughs> name, you know, in days after the day that, that, that Dustin Colquitt is released. But – here from Tom Pelissero, uh, the Chiefs gave Tommy Townsend a contract with $82,500 guaranteed, including a $7,500 signing bonus. So that's near priority undrafted free agent status. You'll hear me later, and Tom and I, you, you can hear us again. This was recorded yesterday. We're like, three punters on the roster? We probably should have put the pieces together yesterday that this was probably the, the end of Dustin Colquitt. I don't think any of us expected it to come this soon. But I think the reason that you're seeing the timing is because of the guy Dustin Colquitt is, because Andy Reid wants to give him a fair opportunity if he wants to continue to punt, and all the indications say that, to go out and get the best opportunity, the best situation for him. Yeah, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Colquitt is punting for another team before the season begins. You know, he may not be what he once was. I mean, we'll, we'll all agree that he isn't the same player that he was five years ago. That's just a given when you're 37 years old, but there's got to be a team in the NFL that doesn't have a punter as good as Dustin Colquitt that would be willing to give him a job. So if he wants to play, he'll get that opportunity, but he may decide that it's time to hang it up. But I, I think the, the Instagram post made it clear that he hasn't really decided what he wants to do. He's made it clear that he was willing to play, but I don't think he's made that decision that he's going to go out and do that. It'll depend on the opportunity. You know, a guy who's played for the Chiefs for 15 years probably isn't going to go play for the Raiders. Punter is the one position in the NFL where the guys can be like 46 or 47. Right. We saw, I think it was Jeff Fiegels with the Giants toward the end of his career. I think he was approaching what? He was almost approaching 50 when he was still going. Right. Right. He could play for a number of years more. And I look at Dustin Colquitt, and I'm looking up his age right now as we talk, 37. 37. Yeah. yeah, 37. So, I mean, if you go by the Fiegel's age, I mean, he could punt for another 9, 10 years. I was mm. texting this morning with someone who is surrounding the Hall of Fame voting, and he expects that Dustin may be a reach for a Hall of Fame because of the lack of the all-decade team and the all-pros. But what he was saying is that this is a no-doubt ring of honor player for the Chiefs. Absolutely. I, th I think the sad thing is, and I went through this on my Twitter, is that Colquitt has played more games as a Chief than any other player with 238. He was always a great guide for guys like Ryan Suckup, 
Cairo Santos, Harrison Butker, easing their transition in the lead, a, a leader of the specialist. When you went into the locker room, there was never a bad question for Dustin Colquitt. And, and Sam Melliger, the Kansas City Star, is noting this on Twitter as well. He was always willing to, to answer each of your questions. I find this that you see a, a release like Derek Johnson and Eric Berry and Tamba Ali, and those hurt, I think, as much as this one, but there is a little bit of solace in the fact that he was able to get his Super Bowl win. Imagine after 15, 14, 15 years saying goodbye to Dustin Colquitt and, and the quality of guy he was and him not having the ability to experience what the Chiefs experienced last year in what a lot of people hope and pray is the first of many uh, Super Bowls in Kansas City. I remember it was week three of this year where Colquitt was about to break Will Shields' record for the most games played ever as a Chief. And I thought back to 2018 because don't forget, in 2018, Colquitt took less money to stay in Kansas City. He was available on the open market. He could have made more money. He took a deal because he wanted to finish his career as a chief. And, he and mentioned, his father advised him to do that. Right. right. His father, Craig, ha- had said, listen, in my career, he was a stealer. I went on to play for the Indianapolis Colts, and it was something that he always regretted. And so I asked Colquitt, is this something you think about as you're approaching this milestone? Yeah, I think definitely because I I went to him in 2012 and I said, man, this it looks like we're, it's going to crash and burn here, and I love it here. I love all the people, the the organization, the family, the feel to it. And so when that kind of Andy Reid and influence kind of came in, um, he's like, you gotta keep doing this. He said the one thing that he regretted was trying to go elsewhere after his kind of Pittsburgh Steeler days. And we have a very similar feel to our organizations just with the family feel and just the history. And, you know, I got to wear a, I got to, I don't think, I don't, I try not to think about this beforehand because, you know, you wear a 50s patch and if there's a 50s patch, you know, unless God returns, there's going to be a 60s patch. And so I'm so excited that I get to, you know, wear that this season. So I think my, my dad was right. And it's what I wanted to do too. This is a special place for my family. I've raised all five of my kids kind of here and so man that's tough to hear and and i i think the takeaway that you have from that too is if he's talking about the 60s patch for the chiefs he certainly is going to have a second chapter of his career and if he can continue the production it seems like the type of guy that maybe wants to play until he's 46 47 if he can find the right fit so maybe this again because of the age you can be as a punter and a quarterback hey tom brady what's up that maybe there can be a, a another organization that gets this veteran leader of, of specialists and a, a producer. And now for eight or nine or 10 years, he can have another uh, chapter. And I think that's something that all Kansas Cityans and followers of the Chiefs would appreciate. Absolutely. And I think you make a good point about at least the silver lining in this is that uh, he was able to win a ring in Kansas City. He talked about that over the last several years during his interviews that, uh, that that was something he wanted to get done and has wanted to get done from the time he came here. He spoke about the, the card that Dick Vermeil gave him in 2005 with a picture of the Lombardi trophy that said, uh, you know, this is the only thing, you know, the main thing is right. the main thing. He's talked about that several times. You know, that's the one silver lining in this that he gets to walk away from Kansas City with that ring. 
We're going to miss Colquitt. I, I think the underlying theme here, and, and this is something you get reminded every so often, like with DJ, like with Barry, like with Houston, is that the NFL is a business and the Chiefs are looking to get young. They're looking to have sustained success. And this was, what was the cap hit, John? You're, you're on the pulse with $2 million. Uh, 2.65 million and 650. It was, it was the Chiefs saved 2 million even to, to release him. And that will impact the cap about $1.3 million because it, the, it'll, another uh, less expensive contract will come up under the 51. So the Chiefs save him $1.3 right. million with the cut. And that is chump change in the NFL, but it's so close. And the Chiefs are trying to figure this out so much. And you look at what else this might might impact maybe this is again continuing to hold that leverage with chris jones and say hey we can afford that 16.1 if you don't want to work it out a deal with us you're going to be stuck here and and again in a sense that that's good news for the chiefs fans the ones who want chris jones to stay here and then number two that they are really building this for you, you could say decades of success because Mahomes is only 24 uh, and, you know, getting young with this, this punter Townsend will have, I think an article up later this afternoon, comparing these two rookie. I don't want to say rookies. I think Townsend is a rookie and Newsom has the one year of experience, but these two right. really young punters as far as who is the next one in line, but Dustin Colquitt, uh, no longer a Kansas city chiefs punter before we turn this to winners and losers of the NFL draft. Any last words regarding Colquitt that, that you want to say, John? Just that it's, it's sad. You know, I, the, the a punter is the, the person on the team that people think about the least and what Colquitt's legacy in Kansas city is that he earned not ever being thought about. He was never a guy that, uh, caused a, a bad play to happen. Obviously, people will bring up the, the botched field goal attempt in the Tennessee game in this past season. But, you know, over 15 seasons, you're allowed a couple of those. And um, so his performance was so consistent and so consistently excellent over these 15 years. Uh, not only was he a guy that you wouldn't think about normally, you wouldn't have any reason to think about him if he was the most important player on the team. You know, that was the level of consistency that he provided to the Chiefs over such a long time. And, and he deserves every, every amount of praise that we can give him. No doubt a, a future member of the Ring of Honor. And, Absolutely. And, and I think we hope that that's more close to... 2030 than it is 2020 you know that yeah. that this is not, and not anytime soon because he'll continue playing you got to wait until after the career and we'll we'll see if that remains to be seen okay want to move on here we're going to again play Dustin Colquitt's pre-Super Bowl presser toward the end of the show uh, before that I'm going to go with Tom Childs and we're going to go through the NFL draft winners and losers that's next on the Arrowhead Pride editor's show Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Back here on The Editor's Show, our very first inaugural show. So why not have our Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs, all the way from the UK. Tom, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, sir. As we just discussed, kids are in bed. It's late over here. It's in the <laughs> afternoon for you. It's eight o'clock in the evening for us. I'll be doing this and I'll, I think I'll be following them, to be honest. Yeah, it makes sense. We're doing well over here. I, mm-hmm. I think the entire world right now is just trying to get through these weird times. And the NFL yeah. draft, I felt like, really helped uh, this weekend. Before we get into your winners and losers, which is always mm-hmm. a very popular article after the draft at AP, just want to know your general feelings about taking taking in the draft. It was very different this year for a lot of people. We were inside draft prospects' homes. We got to see head coaches' homes. What did you think of, of the weekend event? I um, really enjoyed it, I'm not going to lie. Um, I preferred the coverage over norm, over the norm. Um, I felt like we got to know the players a little bit more than we normally do. We also got a little bit more talk about how they're expected to perform, more X's and O's stuff, which we don't normally get with the later round picks. And so I thought the coverage itself was really good. And as I mentioned in my column, um, I'm sure we get there. I thought the ESPN, NFL and all the GMs and everyone done a really good job of making sure that it all really runs smoothly. I, I was really impressed with how they handled it. And I just loved the fact that we had a break from the norm from everything that's going, going on at the moment. Yeah, I, I felt like the same. I, because you know what, going into it, as I've talked about it, I was a little bit down on the idea of this virtual draft. I didn't think it was going to work. And I I was almost pleasantly surprised. So I would tend to agree with you. Now getting Mm -hmm. into the Chiefs and the winners and losers coming out of this Mm -hmm. draft, you listed on your article 10 winners and five losers. So Mm -hmm. let's get through some of your thought process here. The first winners that you list are Brett Veach and Andy Reid. I think Brett Veach is a winner because – he had such a hard time of it after 2018. Um, <laughs> we, know that, we know that class didn't work out. Okay, we, from it, really, Derek Nard is the only one that contributes on a regular. All the other guys are in and out and whatnot. So um, he had a tough time. And last year, he come, bounced back and really nailed it. But the one Thornhill and the Mikhail Hardman picks were outstanding. Uh, but the pressure was on this year because they are defending champs. And we've seen the Chiefs coming this whole thing of running it back and this what we expected to do. We are the favourites going into the season. So he needed to add talent. And I just think that locally he nailed it. Nationally he nailed it. And internationally he's been well received as well. And I just think he's really coming of age with the draft process. And, and the fact that he didn't have to give up any assets for his first five picks um, says a lot about him because we know he's an aggressive GM that likes to make trades and likes to get up there. But he played the board. He let went with best player available and just went with his strategy and it worked a treat. It's crazy how these narratives work because 
if D four just isn't offsides, mm. Brett Veach might be looked at in a similar fashion, the way Patrick Mahomes is looked at, whereas this That's young true. GM phenom. So I agree with you. It, mm. it seemed like right after the draft for the first time in Veach's career, people were really high on his picks. You also had Andy Reed in there and, you know, of course, when Brett Veach has a good draft, Andy Reid is also going to have a good draft. Yeah, I think we'd be lying if we didn't think that Andy Reid had a little bit to do with it. Um, I put him down as a winner because he finally gets to open up his offensive playbook. Um, not We haven't really seen it in about a year and a half. And I hate to bring up the name because it seems to be like I'm going on a broken, broken record here, but it's Kareem Hunt all over again since he left the Chiefs or was released. Um the playbook's been kind of shut down a little bit for running backs. It's been out. It's been dependent on the running back that's in the backfield, and not all of those guys were capable of doing all of the things that Kareem Hunt was. So defenses could kind of key off on which running back was in the backfield. But now he has a guy in Edwards Hilaire who looks like he can do it all for Andy Reid. He can really expand his playbook, and that has to be a good thing for the Chiefs. Yeah, I always joke that Andy Reid doesn't like to run the football, so that would make Edward Delaire <laughs> yeah. the perfect running back because yeah, yeah, he's built absolutely. like a wide receiver, and his advantage is the fact that he can basically just switch over out wide to the wide receiver position and be just mm-hmm. as effective out there. Next two winners, you had Damian Williams and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Damian Williams, I, I read the I was surprised. Section. I, I got to say, not yeah. to cut you off, I was surprised you had Damian in there. You would think maybe he would be more towards a loser in this one. See, I went with a different angle on this because, like you, a lot of people did put him down as a loser in the comment section. But Damian Williams has only ever had 111 carries in his career as a high in one season. And so we don't know how he would react to being given the full workload of the Chiefs offense. So we've got a guy that can complement him now within Edwards Hilaire and we can bring in Damian Williams to situations and where he can really perform situations that have favoured to him. So that's why I went with Damian Williams being a winner. I think he's locked to be the, the second running back. We get to the other guys. But in regards to Pat Mahomes, he's the winner because he's got the keys to the city now. He's got the keys to the franchise. Like three years ago today, he was getting drafted. And now three years later, he's being asked which players he wants drafted for him. And the fact that Brett Beach asked him what player he wanted, he said Edward Tillet, and Brett Feach went with it. And that just says everything you want, how much respect they have for Patrick Mahomes and how much he can run the offense. And a quick note there too, and this is worth noting to me, I think a lot of these times in those situations where you see stories like this where the GM asked the player and the player mm-hmm. said the name, I believe it. I don't think this was just something they made up to make everyone feel good and holly jolly on the mm. first day of the NFL yes. draft. Brett Veach, for what it's worth, is usually pretty straight when it comes to questions we ask and him spinning something back. So I think that anecdote was legit. And if you're mm. not familiar with it, uh, Brett Veach said that he called Patrick Mahomes or texted, I should say, and said, without thinking, tell me which player you want. And Clyde <laughs> uh, was the player that he wanted. And when you want a running back, and your number 32, that matches up well because we've had yep. questions about the value of taking a running back yeah, in that round. So, uh, big debate, as you know, on Chiefs <laughs> yeah. Twitter. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Next winner for you, Steve Spagnuolo and Matt House. They've got a linebacker that they wanted. Um, I saw, well, I've heard, listened, read everything that Craig's been going on about this weekend about an athletic will linebacker. It's something they didn't really have last year. And now they get to 
do what they want with the linebackers and they've got a guy that they feel like they can put in coverage against a tight end or a running back. And I'm interested to see what impact it has on the defensive play calling and see if they decide to try and cover up things for the linebackers like they were last year or they just let the linebackers play. And if they do, that has to be good for every other union on the day. Yeah, and going back to Brett Veach, when it comes to Willie Gay Jr., Brett Beach felt like he had first round value. At least this is what mm. they're, they're saying. And that might have dipped because of his suspensions and lack of game film and lack of production because of it. People were questioning maybe a character mm-hmm. thing. So the Chiefs feel like they really got a steal here with Willie Gay Jr. Uh, Byron Pringle, your next winner. Yeah, had the Chiefs drafted a, a wide receiver, then Byron would have been a loser um, because I felt like he would have been put uh, – push down the pecking order again. But with Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson more than likely leaving us next offseason, Byron Prinkle finds himself higher and higher up the pecking order. And now what he finds himself as the fifth or sixth wide receiver. And so there's going to be work for him and another year in Andy Reid's system that he might be leaned on, not necessarily in 2020, but certainly in 2021. Matt Lane, who you hear regularly on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, is a huge supporter of Byron Pringle. Mm -hmm. So Matt Lane is also a a winner in this too, because now I think he does have a chance to breathe. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in these third or fourth years, second or third years, you start to see these wide receivers come into their own. So wonder if Byron Pringle, who did have a couple catches this season where you you forget, I I think the Detroit Lions game comes to mind where he was a big part of the victory. So let's see if he can put a few more of those together. He he won favor with me as soon as he didn't fumble that ball and that massive hit that he took in that Detroit game. And that last drive. Yep. A little bit uh, tongue in cheek at the end, I think, which we appreciated the six draft picks. They get to be with the Super Bowl champions. Now you also have, Kansas City fireworks sellers there. Yeah. That, that throwback. Self-explanatory. The Chiefs running out of fireworks. Yeah. That uh, actually fan- wasn't my idea. Though I actually put that out to someone and said, have you guys got any ideas for this? It's my old Arrowheads Abroad crew. Yeah. And some, one of them straight away said, fireworks sellers <laughs> of Kansas City. And I was like, that's going in there. <laughs> I thought that was a good addition. Yeah. You also mentioned fans of, of Andy Reid shirt collection, mm-hmm. which he continued to wear Dom, Tommy Bahama yeah. bes- despite being home by himself. That, that was yeah. the key part of that there too. Andy yeah. Reid was not with the usual draft team and the Chiefs personnel. This was him mm-hmm. by himself and he, he kept with tradition. And then you had sports fans, ESPN and the NFL. Yeah. What we alluded to at the front of the program, you really liked the coverage of this, to, this, yeah. this year. I, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. It's the, the first time that I've watched a draft from start to finish because it, it starts at 1am over here um, on the Thursday and it's 12, uh, midnight on the, on the Friday and then it's kind of an evening thing for us on day three. And I watched it from door to door this year and I just thought it was outstanding. And it was just a, a break that I felt like I needed from the real world. And I, yeah. I think it's a break that a lot of people needed from the real world. And it's the only bit of sports that we've had for the last six weeks. So yeah, I, I was all over it and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. See, I've been complaining to my friends and family about how little sleep I've gotten over the past few days. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I guess I should be happy that it was yeah. at the times that it was over <laughs> here in the States. All right, let's switch it over to some of the negative of this. Let's yeah. go to your five losers. So we went through the 10 winners, five losers now. First one being Eric Fisher. Yeah, this is a, a controversial take as well, but this is one that I've kind of based on what I've heard and what I've read from the other guys, because um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be a Lucas Niang expert. I'm, I'm certainly not. I hadn't heard of the guy uh, until, until Friday evening. But there's talk about him potentially being Eric Fisher's replacement because Eric Fisher is on the hook for 
a lot of money, not next year, but the year after. And we can save like $11.5 million in cap room. And, and the Chiefs are going to need that cap room, especially if they decide to sign Chris Jones and then obviously pay Patrick Mahomes his mega deal. Then the, the cap room is going to be very valuable. So I think Eric Fisher is potentially going to be the guy that makes way, unless, of course, Mitchell Schwartz decides to retire because we can't rule that out as well. Yeah, I... I I don't know. There's something about me being around Mitch Schwartz from time to time where I think there's this underlying feeling inside him that he wants to be as great as Joe Thomas was. He constantly uh, will mention Joe Thomas when talking about Mm -hmm. coming up as a player. And I just think he idolizes him. I think he'll have a definite career after the game, whether that be as a player chef Chef, or (laughs) getting into and involved in what would be commentary because he really enjoys the NFL and, and football and, and things like that. But I, I, I don't think he's retiring anytime soon. I like this when you put Eric Fisher there, because I agree with you. They're saying that Lucas Niang maybe could contribute at tackle in the future, a guard potentially a, as a rookie. I think a lot of guys can contend for that left guard position, but it does put the pressure on Fisher to perform. And I think sometimes when you get to be a veteran, you can get even as a multimillionaire, like these guys are a little bit comfortable. And so, yes, I, I agree. I think he's a loser. And I think it puts on pressure to say, Hey, perform this year and make it mm-hmm. so that we can't cut you. I think something that's something that Sammy Watkins did. He sort of in the Super Bowl played out of the idea of yeah. being cut. They figured out a way to work it out. Uh, next one you have is NFL defensive coordinators. Yeah, this is another one I felt was self-explanatory. They've already got enough to worry about in Hill, Hardman, Kelsey and Watkins and the GOAT that is Patrick Mahomes. And now they have to worry about this rookie that had 1,850 all-purpose yards last year in college football. So um, he's going to be facing empty boxes. He's going to be spread out wide. And I just think it's another weapon that defensive coordinators will be thinking about. I saw Peter Schrager's tweet about... NFL GMs ripping up their their paper when they saw that the Chiefs were going to take Edwards Hilaire. And I just think the probably the defensive coordinators will probably get in paper out so they can start scheming to try and stop this team. Yeah, I think if you're a defensive coordinator in the league, in that first round especially, when you see some of those better offensive players still available, you got to be begging the Chiefs to please take yeah. a defensive player. Mm-hmm. And they went in the opposite direction. And good on them because this is the way of the NFL and it gets more offensive centric by the day. So they double down on that next list of losers you have. And then I thought this was really smart by you, Darwin Thompson, Daryl Williams and Deandre Washington. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if two of those guys aren't on the roster by the end of training camp, like now that the chiefs have their all purpose back, Will Andy Reid potentially go to just free running backs and, and then add Anthony Sherman as well? Obviously, traditionally, we've seen him carry four, but if he has that guy in Edwards Hilaire, there's no need for him to carry four. He potentially could stash Darwin Thompson away on the practice squad, but would he actually stay there? So I think we're going to see a camp battle between those three guys because they all have their own niches. They all do certain things and they also do different things as well. It'd be interesting to see which one or two ends up staying on the roster. And there's an interesting X factor to that because um, Daryl Williams was actually the mentor for Clyde Edwards-Elaire at LSU. And Edwards-Elaire told us the other night that Daryl was the first person to text him when he became a chief. And now he could be the reason that he loses his job potentially. Because if you look at that list, I get the feeling that they like DeAndre Washington. And they think that he, back with Mahomes, is going to be maybe what he should have been if he hadn't gone to Oakland. Yeah. 
that's a tough break for him. I think DeAndre Washington will be on this team, and but the only way that he gets regular usage is if Damian Williams goes down, which we've seen every year at some point Damian go down and then Washington is suddenly back in the mix but he's back to that third running back probably yeah. just like he was in Oakland so that's tough for him for the Chiefs to go out and draft a running back with that first and Darwin Thompson too I mean he to me just gets buried and I he had an opportunity last year to be used and the Chiefs never really went to him and so no. this is not a good sign either and I agree with you I think if the Chiefs place him on the practice squad he would be scooped up so you wonder if they even do that he may be like the opposite Carlos Hyde or, or what happened to Carlos Hyde where he shipped out at the last second. Uh, analytics guys, take it a little shot at, at uh, mm. our boy Ethan on this one. Yeah, I was on uh, the whole bandwagon of the Chiefs should draft a running back. It was kind of the hill I was going to die on last week and um, I stuck to said hill and thankfully it paid, um, paid dividends for me. But um, yeah, the analytics guys... They go talk about value, and I completely understand the value, but the way I see it is why not give the Chiefs an embarrassment, embarrassment of riches, make the rich get richer, um, cause more headaches for defensive coordinators. And I know it get, goes against analytics, and that's mm-hmm. what people screaming out all week, but the, I, I believe the Chiefs done the right thing, regardless of what the numbers and analytics say. And Yeah, I, I think this just goes back to a classic problem that I have with Twitter occasionally on anything. Right. So mm-hmm. just like you even see a little bit with politics where everyone's arguing like an NFL team is made up of analytics guys and X's and O's guys. So you see them yeah. going back and forth on Twitter. You both can be right in different ways. And yes, so, yes. And so these analytics guys are like no running backs, but there are occasions where it might make sense to take a running back. Now, We'll, we'll see. Hindsight is twenty twenty. if this was the right Absolutely. move for the Chiefs. But at the same time, it's just so black and white. When NFL teams themselves are admitting, no, no, both are right. That's why we have an analytics guy, and that's why we yeah. have all of these scouts across the country. So I'm with you, though. I, I understand why, why you put the analytics guys on that list. And finally, Dustin Colquitt, a, a loser of draft weekend. Yeah, my least popular take of the weekend, that was for sure. Um, Dustin Colquitt's on the hook for two and a half million this, this season. The Chiefs can save two million by cutting him. We're talking about value of running backs, but where's the value in having a punter in this Chiefs team when you've just added to the offense and chances are they're going to get better? Why not bring in a punter on that minimum and save yourself a little bit of money? If the Chiefs do decide to go out and get another free agent, like a Logan Ryan, that two million or a million and a half, they get extra, could make the difference in signing a guy. And we're talking about trying to get Chris Jones down to a deal the Chiefs will need to make cuts and try and save some money so they can do these deals with these big-time players. And is Dustin Colquitt a luxury? Probably. A luxury we can afford? Probably not going forward. Yeah, and the Chiefs have flirted with this now for a few years of bringing Mm -hmm. in punters here and there to work out alongside Dustin Colquitt. And you can't be surprised if this finally happens because I remember when they brought in Cairo Santos, when Ryan Suckup was still the kicker and no one thought that Ryan Suckup would be replaced. And then all of a sudden the 53 comes out and Cairo Santos is the guy. And now not only did they bring in Tyler Newsom, Mr. Mullet from Notre Dame, yeah. they also brought in an undrafted free agent and a Tommy Townsend, who's a punter. So, the more that you start to see these punters 
get on the Chiefs roster, the, the more that you're saying, well, unless Dustin continues and neither of these two guys can show that they can hang with him at all, I think I don't even think it's that sexy of a pick to say that Dustin Colquitt won't be the puncher for the Chiefs this year. They wouldn't be bringing in two guys. Two guys is a lot. I mean, yeah. You're talking about a 90-man roster, right? Like, and that's a lot of players. But still, when you're trying to have competition at these positions that you would say that matter, and look, Pat McAfee, okay, punters matter too. But if you're, <laughs> if you're using three positions, then clearly you're saying maybe there's a, a way to better use this money. Yeah, pitchforks and fire are coming for us. That is for sure for making mistakes. I know. For those of you who have made it this far in the podcast, please leave Tom and I alone. We want yeah. Dustin. We want Dustin Colquitt to be here too. But uh, I, I own a Dustin Colquitt jersey, so I'm I'm yeah. a fan. I just See, think you're you're even further than I am. I yeah. yeah. All right. He is Tom Childs. Make sure I'm getting this Twitter right. At Tom Childs 56, is that correct? Yep, correct. There you go. That's how to follow his stuff on Twitter. You can find his 10 winners and five losers from the Chiefs draft right now up at arrowheadpride.com. Pretty surreal to hear Tom and I talking about Dustin Colquitt and his situation to wake up and hear that he is no longer a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. As promised, when we come back, we'll play the pre-Super Bowl press conference for Dustin Colquitt in full. So you can hear what he had to say leading into that game in Miami where the Chiefs became Super Bowl champions. That's next on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show, and as promised, we're going to throw it back to January 24th, 2020, Dustin Colquitt's pre-Super Bowl press conference. The first question asked to him is about Andy Reid and what he means to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, you know what you're dealing with. First thing, uh, when he got here, he's going to be thorough. Um, He doesn't leave any stones unturned. He wants to know what you got going on in your life, family life, your work ethic, everything that's going to benefit the team. And, you know, he does his homework. That's apparent with where we're sitting right now and the opportunity that we have in front of us with the new guys that he's brought in uh, from free agency and the draft. Um, and they're the best at that. You know, uh, Brett Veach has a great team. They're scrupulous with their work at the Combine. They ask all the right questions, I think. I mean, I'm not there, but when you are able to, you know, start – uh, the ship off in the right direction starting in 2013 with a you know nine and0 start like that when we were two and 14 and hadn't really won even a preseason game for a couple years uh, it's a radical change and I think it's just their thoroughness um, for seeking out players that want to win and then want to contribute and um, that enjoy you know playing off our fans a lot of the players that are successful here getting the community first, Obviously, if you see what Ty's doing, Frank, all these guys, if we hear about them first, what they're doing, and then I hope he plays well, and then all of a sudden they're just exploding on the field too. So they definitely have a player in mind when they're recruiting and trying to get guys into Kansas City now. You guys a lot of times will say refer to Andy as a player's coach. Can you just elaborate on what that means? How does he he convey that? Yeah, I think uh, a player's coach means that you treat everybody the same, which is differently because everybody's different and he knows, you know, what pulls your strings, what motivates you and all that stuff. And I think that's what makes him different from a lot, not a lot of people that I've had, but what makes him a, what people say players coach is because he just knows the terrain. He knows what motivates guys that are in his locker room because he knows you. And he, he, he spends that time off the field getting to know you better. And, you know, that breeds success because he knows 
I'm not going to ask anything from that player that that player doesn't already knows is coming. And so I think that's just the accountability that he holds with Dustin, us. Dustin, how does this schedule help you? Some of your teammates have said having this, you know, these boundaries, this schedule is kind of helping not getting overexcited about a big game that's still far away. Yeah, everything's the same. You know, we've, you know, no helmets on Wednesdays. We have a hard practice. Sometimes we throw the pads on before week 10 on Thursday. Fast Fridays, the special teams at the beginning. We keep everything the same. And I think you know, everybody does better with some kind of structure or routine. And so we've maintained that through, I mean, we've been doing that for the past couple of years. And so they, they want us to make sure that we wake up, it doesn't feel like we're in a different game. Our preseason schedule is the same for our regular season. As soon as we're out of the dorms, that's the worst. Um, but um, as soon as you're like out of the dorms, they have created a, a thing where you go, you know, sometimes, and they, they think of everything logistically too. Sometimes we get on a bus, you go, and you're like, where are we? What hotel are we staying in? They, they've just taken care of everything. And you know, that goes to all the people that are working under Andy, taking care of travel arrangements, all that stuff. They're wanting us to focus just on the football side of things. But we can control in between the lines. When I say Chiefs history to you, what does that mean, Chiefs history? Probably a beloved family pulling their roots out of Dallas, Texas, and finding a place on a map that says there's good people there. I think that we can build an NFL team in this city. And then, you know, decades and decades later, watching probably from above, his son host an AFC championship trophy with his name on it. Dustin, uh, when Andy and Tobin, this group of coaches came in a few years ago, it seemed like you were ready to move on. What did they say to convince you to stick around and sign on again? Yeah, you know, I think the people moved on that were here beforehand, and I was getting ready uh, just to, uh, for a Pro Bowl, and Andy just said, like, he he wants to know, just like that, doing his homework. He's like, are you tired of the city? Are you tired of the organization? Like, what? where are you at? And I was like, I love football, and I love the city. You know, all my kids have been born here, and I want to stay. And so he goes, well, we want you here. Go, now go punt, you know. And, I, and he wanted me to punt first before he even had his conversation. And so we had to do it in, or, in his order, which is good. He, he doesn't want any distractions. And that means if I'm punting, let's not get distracted here. You do that first and then we'll talk. And um, yeah, so I, I think that it was, it was fun hearing somebody, instead of feeling like a worker coming to work, just on a conversation, you feel like, they, they want me to be a part of this thing moving forward. And so in 2013, you start saying like, dude, I can't wait to get to work. Like, what, what are these guys building? And all of a sudden we're kind of here seeing like, ah, oh, this is crazy. What kind of a turnaround we've had. Do what say? What specifically did Andy say about the future? He just said, look, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna try to win championships here. That's why we all play this game is, is the trophy and you know, he'll, He'll do this, and that's the. It's like what Dick Vermeil said when we first got here. My rookie class here. I'm sure he did it to all the guys that were here before the four or five years that he was here. Is he gave you a card with a Lombardi trophy on it. Said this is why we're here, and you get to know each other and refine each other and you know make each other better in the process. But that was Andy's clear message to me. Is well, as a punter, you're thinking like we're going to actually get Andy Reid to a small market. I mean, I've said that before, and but. 
Clark really went out there and went for it all. And that, that takes a lot of guts for, I guess, a, whatever you guys want to call it, a second generational owner like that and siblings to come together and say, this is not a small market. This is a championship market and let's, let's push it to the limits. The Chiefs indeed did push it to the limits when they went on to defeat the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. Again, I'm thrilled that Dustin Colquitt was able to experience that before the Chiefs choose to move on from him early on Tuesday morning. That'll do it for the first ever Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. I hope you enjoyed your time with us. Thank you to John Dixon and Tom Childs for contributing to the show. You can catch us every Tuesday and Thursday right here on the Arrowhead Pride podcast channel at 11 a.m. Next, coming up on Wednesday at 11 a.m., another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory as they break down the Dustin Colquitt news and continue to keep their attention on the NFL draft and what the Kansas City Chiefs came away with both in the actual draft and the undrafted free agency market. We accept five-star reviews as well, so let us know what you thought of the show in the comments, and please leave us five stars. You can tweet at me, at PG Sween, of course, at Arrowhead Pride. Keep it locked in at arrowheadpride.com. We'll see you on Thursday. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.